Welcome to an episode of Transformative Teaching, a FACET at IU podcast. I'm your host, Michael Maroney, the director of FACET, and I'm here today with Katie McCarthy, assistant professor of social work at IUPUI, soon to be IUI, and she is a member of the FACET class of 2022, so been in there for a couple years. Um, Welcome, Katie. How are you doing today? Oh, good. Very good. It's uh, just near the end of the semester. So uh, there's lots going on, but I'm happy to be here. Well, I'm glad you're here. And uh, as your semester is winding down, uh, are you feeling relieved? Uh, how, how are you feeling about it? <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm feeling like, where did it go? Right. Okay. It's, uh, it's, uh, it went quickly. And, um, uh, and you know, there's just been lots going on this semester. So I know I'll keep thinking about it for a while. So um, it, it, uh, you know, I was thinking, uh, it went quickly, but it also feels like I'm still in the, uh, high stress of it, which I feel for me is about usually November, like early yeah. November, mid November is usually when my highest stress is. And, uh, it still feels there for me. That's, that's a long time of high stress. Though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're coming up on six weeks. You got to do some meditation or something. Probably. That's right. <laughs> Well, so uh, even even in this, it's, you, you, you're kind of leaning in the direction of reflection and thinking about how your semester's gone. And uh, as I recall in your teaching philosophy, reflection is a, a big part of it. Um, uh, is how, how do you? I'm just curious how you incorporate that into your classes. I love I love the notion of incorporating reflections into classes. I'm just curious how you do it. Mm-hmm. I. Um... Some of this is very probably social work centric, although I think I'm a big proponent of having uh, self-reflective people in all professions. <laughs> uh, so I feel like it's a mindset you develop where you're recognizing, you know, how did what I just did work, right? What else could I have done? Um, you know, we see this in social work between, you know, clients and other members when they're working with communities or with, um, or when you're working with clients as a social worker, um, because there's so many things that go on between two people, right? Either in a therapy room or when you're trying to work at a, 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 um, a community meeting to get some change in your community. People are, it's never just what people are talking about. It's what they're talking about, what they're each feeling, what they're each thinking, whether or not they got their uh, enough food that day. There's so many things going on that we can't ever know for sure what contributed to the result. So I feel like um, teaching students to be actively reflecting on a frequent basis helps them recognize uh, more about themselves, why what they said affects um, uh, affected the outcome, and also to learn more about their classmates or whatever, or the, you know, the case study or whatever else they're looking at to understand. So um, I'm not going to give appropriate credit because I don't remember where I got this from. It was not my idea. Uh, Maybe I got it from a a meeting at the CTL. But one thing I love is having uh, questions at the end of assignment that ask students, you know, what they most learned, um, what they did well in their preparation, what they would do differently. Um, Because it's really not just about, you know, I get something on paper, I, um, I write a paper or I answer a question and that's the end of the learning. It's a, I'm wanting them to learn about themselves. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so you've got this learning how to learn component kind of built into. 
into into the semester how, how often are you asking your students to do this is it like every class or is it a, once a week or um, i think for larger assignments right so okay. maybe that's three or four times but i think during class um that's a great way if we have a activity a lot of the classes i've taught have been practice skills right or leading mm -hmm. groups and so it's often some hands-on practice and so um, I love having them kind of think about that in the moment, like, you know, what did I just do well? <laughs> what didn't work out so well? And then getting a chance to talk about it then. And some of that's then, you know, the reflecting on what your peers did also. Like, what did I, what felt good about the way they just talked to me? Because um, then it's building in kind of an embed sense, an embodied sense of um, um, how it feels to to work with someone different than you, right? How it feels. So interesting. So interesting. There's like this, so there's like this affective component to what's happening in your class. It sounds like a lot uh, of affective component, but then you, you're with this embodied sense that you're kind of moving into that more being in touch with how the, the, the body feels. It sounds like, is that kind of where you're going with that? Um, ideally, <laughs> yeah. you know, I think I've gotten there some ways. But that's crucial. You know, our students come in, probably not just social work, probably in lots of other fields. They want, um, they might have anxiety or nervousness about how they're going to be out in the world, right? How they're going to be in their career. So they want, you know, definitive solutions, right? Um, they want like either a manualized treatment plan or, you know, I do steps one, two, three, and four, and then I did it right and I'm okay. Yeah. Whereas so much in social work is, you know, adjusting things in the moment, building the relationship, and you can't just fall back on a standardized plan for that. For that, you have to be paying attention to what's actually going on. <laughs> How do you incorporate this into like this hands-on, you talk about this hands-on approach. I mean, do you create like scenarios, like clinical scenarios, client scenarios, or what is it, what is that, or is it real? I mean, like you focus on real issues in their lives. Uh, I would say some of both, right? We, you know, for practice classes, we'll give them opportunities they, where they can, um, uh, do kind of a fake role play, or they can talk about something. We always say not too hot, right? Nothing too okay. personal. Okay. <laughs> your yeah. your classmates don't actually know how to officially help you. Uh, but right. Everyone's got some stress they're managing, right? right? Or everyone's got some goal they want to set about going to the gym or something. So right. um, so some of it can be just practicing, practicing like that. Um, but then probably my favorite thing to do, and I would do this um, a little bit with my undergrads. I used to do this more with my grad students would be to um, create a client situation myself um, and then act as the client, right? Okay. Act as whoever this client is. And what I would love about that was, um, you know, especially if they were having to, uh, you know, an assessment class, kind of figure out some of what's going on. They wanna just kind of ask like five questions, put it together in a puzzle, wrap it up into a little bow and assume that's what's going on with the person. You know, we know that's not what it is. We can have all sorts of ideas about the accuracy or inaccuracy of our assessment categories. Um, but really, the 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 uh, client might lie to you. <laughs> they might not know the answer. They, you know, and so I love being the client where they have to kind of uh, struggle with how do I ask this question in a way? How do I build some relationship? How do I get this person to trust me? Mm. Um because it's figuring out that those middle confusing areas and then having to rely on their own efforts, having to rely on saying something in a certain way that uh, is building up more of that skill beyond like, oh, it's a checkbox. And then I know what's going on with a person. So do, do you feel like um, the, the, it sounds like you 
taking on these roles and engaging in this almost I don't know if it's not it's not really a simulation it's more um it's since it's real uh it, it, do you feel like you're taking risks in the classroom when you're doing that do you feel like the students are It used to feel like a big risk to me, especially, um, and it would be simulation because I wouldn't be talking just about myself, right? I'd be, and sometimes I would make up, you know, especially for the grad students, pretty intense scenarios, okay. right? So where they're kind of, yeah, sitting and responding to the intensity of maybe the distress I'm expressing. Um, and for a lot of our students, um, especially our grad students, they're already in the field, so it, it okay. might not be as uncomfortable. But for some of our other students who maybe never really sat with someone in that sort of distress and felt like it was on them to respond, um, it's uh, challenging. It's a bit overwhelming. Like sometimes you'll just see their faces and their jaws drop and they're kind of looking around because I usually do it in a group where it's not just one right away where they can take turns and try to jump in. So it puts less pressure. Um, but there's growth that can happen from sitting with an uncomfortable situation in the moment. And even though you know, it'll be different when they're out and they're with a real person in distress. Uh, it, it's something to kind of call on. Oh, yeah, I feel that uh, immediate concern. But then I breathe through it and I keep thinking, what do I say? How do I connect with this person? How do I show concern? You know, how do I not escalate the situation? Um, and, and so some of the, the momentary experiences they have with that helps give them some guidance. Um, and then when you reflect on that after or you talk about it as a group after, that kind of builds up more of, oh, yeah, uh, this is what I'm going to do next time. Or I really liked what this person said. And that seemed to help. Uh, I mean, it sounds like the class can get pretty intense. Yeah, I don't do that a lot. I, I, I mix it in. Right. So I would be intentional about when to do that. Um, and, uh, you know, not all scenarios are going to be really, really heavy. And I like I said, I encourage them not to do heavy ones. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, that I, it's interesting. And so I like this idea of being intentional and building in like the reflection time and kind of, it sounds like a lot of debriefing and trying to learn from the experiences. Um, and that, that's, that's just all, um, it sounds like excellent practice. What does it look like when it, like a student really succeeds in going through these kinds of experiences? I would say what it looks like is when we're, uh, debriefing later and, um, they're able to say, I wasn't sure what to do. And then um, one of their peers or someone can say, yeah, but you did this really well, right? Mm -hmm. Or I, I can, you know, I can feel it in myself, you know, when the, um, when I have some students responding, maybe in a little more effective way. And usually the effective way is more accurate empathy, <laughs> uh, okay. right? And so um, someone will say something and then it's kind of like, I, uh, I'll maybe share a bit more, right? But I'm paying attention to my own responses too, right? And so the students can see then, oh, you know, when so-and-so just started to tell her what to do, it didn't work. But when so-and-so recognized what it was that was bothering her, then she seemed to relax a bit, right? So it's helping them kind of see the range too. And and in the reflection part, to do the debriefing after, you can tell they're getting it when um, when they can talk through, yeah, I saw how she changed when you said that. So you're seeing the awareness, the self-awareness and the other awareness kind of in the situational awareness that's all going on. Yeah. And that, 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 that's great. Now it means you're paying a lot of attention to the real details of how the students are acting 
in the moment. And that can be pretty hard. How do you maintain your energy for that? Yeah. Um, well, I, I know you'd mentioned that we all bring our different frameworks <laughs> to this yeah. work as teachers. And I was a clinical social worker. So, um, you know, there's several things I had to shift and do differently when I became a, a teacher uh, instead. But some things I definitely take with me are the paying attention to how the rest of the room is responding. <laughs> right. What, when did the feeling in the air change? When did something move differently? Um, when did the person, you know, are the students really with me? Are they understanding? Um, uh, do they have something to say? So uh, I think I use some of those skills. Yeah, I, I can. I, I definitely use some. I was um, my graduate work is as a lawyer and I practiced for quite a bit and going into court, just like the having to pay attention to what the judge is saying, the way they're sitting, the way the client is sitting, what there's in the way opposing counsel is. I mean, it's it's it, but it takes a lot of energy. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's why I'm asking questions like, man, I know that takes a lot of energy. Are you exhausted <laughs> by the time you're done teaching? Are you, um, are you just, are you just yeah. so good at it now? You got Oh, it. no. I, and I don't do that every single time. Right. I yeah. kind of mix yeah. it in. Um, oh, I have my spindrift, <laughs> either spindrift or hot tea that, uh, that, uh, helps me through the whole class because we have long classes too. Um, uh, having breaks, um, and, you know, I always think I'm going to end class exhausted, but the student's energy, it's not uncommon that I'll kind of not, you know, I'm glad when class ends. But I, I feel enlivened by them. I, you know, it's funny. I think about that because I noticed that would happen online teaching also. I would offer occasionally like um, it was an asynchronous course, but I'd offer some optional meetings. Some uh, Sometimes I'd be like, oh, it's seven at night. It's going to be so hard to have the energy to meet with these students. But when they're there and they're in it with you and they're enthusiastic and you start having good conversations, that that's what helps my energy level. Oh, that's awesome. That's great. Yeah. And I, and I would say that there's a big difference between doing the legal work and actually being in the classroom. I, I, I get the same thing. It's like so many days you leave and it's like, okay, I started this class feeling, you know, about level five happy. And now I'm like at level eight happy. You know, it's like that happens a lot of days. I won't yeah. say it every day, but it happens a lot of days. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I, I'm, I'm curious, you know, you're, you're talking about a lot of different kinds of teaching techniques and, 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 you know, as a member of FACET, I know that, that you're, that you're, uh, you're an excellent instructor and I'm curious about how you figured out you're good at, at, <laughs> at teaching. I mean, how did that come to you? I would say that uh, sometimes I'm good at it. <laughs> okay. Okay. I mean, right? Like, fair uh, enough. Fair enough. Yeah. I, mean, I get you. I get where you're coming from. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I'm good at it. Um, I, I I think it's when you see when you see the growth, right? Or you know, um, I had started off all face face teaching, and then early on, I started a balance back in uh, 2018 of doing some online, some some in person, um, and uh, you know, it's funny. Some of this became more evident online because I would have students kind of express appreciation. Um, you know, as a social worker, I was very relationally focused. Yeah. And so when I have these online asynchronous students express a lot of appreciation for me reaching out, me doing videos, me being very concerned about what's going on with them. Um, and that that helped me see it. And then as I got to, uh, you know, I started doing more face-to-face -face again. Um, and I had students appreciating that because I had done so online for so long. They were like, oh, you should do more face to face. So, you know, mm -hmm. I think some of it is like direct feedback from students. And then some mm -hmm. of it is seeing the growth. Mm -hmm. I had a lot of opportunity where I was teaching this junior year class 
year long that was all practice skills. And then um, I would teach uh, the practicum seminar their senior year. Um, so I would always have a handful of students that I got to see the beginning of their junior year, you know, not knowing what to do. And I would be telling them a lot of basic things and we'd be discussing it. And my favorite thing would be then to um, work with them uh, the end of their senior year to go to their sites where they're doing their internships, where they're showing off what they've learned. And they'll tell me with great enthusiasm all the things I had told them a year and a half earlier <laughs> with, with utter conviction. Like you can't do more than the client. You have to give them space to talk. <laughs> That sounds exactly right. <laughs> so then you know that some something's happening right. And that's not just me. That's yeah. my colleagues working with my them too. But I mean, that's um, actually that's actually really fun that, that that they have so internalized these these lessons that now they're now they're ready to tell the world. <laughs> yes. Yes. With enthusiasm. That's 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 wonderful. And I, I like how you framed it with your your monitoring their growth. Um and you're hearing it in their appreciation. So it's like there's multiple ways that you're learning this. And I, it sounded like at the beginning of that answer, you were going some, somewhere along the lines of maybe even your own growth. I don't know if, if, if you were thinking along those lines. Oh, yes. I think of a lot of things I did early on that <laughs> I, should, I should not have done. That wasn't good teaching um, uh, or just ways I've changed. Like um, I had mentioned you're coming from the clinical background, yeah. And so when I first started, I would say I was much more highly boundary because that was really my clinical training, right? It's, it's not about me. It's just about what's going on with the client. And that's kind of what I took into initially my, my work with students, right? Um, it's not that I wouldn't be genuine. I just wouldn't share very much of myself. Yeah. And then I started to have some experiences my, my first or second year where I noticed um, some students being really irritated with me in a way that I was trying to understand, um, and I consulted with some of my colleagues and, and they were kind of like, well, you know, you know, these students are working really hard. Some of them are single moms. <laughs> they have to know who you are that in order yeah. to trust you, they have to have a better sense of who you are and they have to know that you appreciate uh, how hard they're working. And so I kind of shifted my practice to like share just a bunch more stuff about myself, you know, not, nothing too private, but just like personal, like, oh, I've yeah. got these cats and. I like to go hiking, just stuff to help round out their perception of me. Um, and I learned to be much more actively affirming of, um, of their efforts, right? That, that, that was kind of a shift. And it wasn't that I wasn't affirming of my clients, but I didn't go around kind of actively cheerleading them the way I do for our students now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I get that. I get that. It's, it, there, there's definitely this, um, relational component in, in the classroom that's different from the kind of that professional setting. Um, and the students seem to really, I don't, I don't know if, the, I, I mean, I, it seems nowadays that they really appreciate that. I'm not sure that it, it was quite to this, to this extent 10 years ago, 20 years ago, but. Um, and I would say some of that was my style. My professional style was much more reserved, right? Whereas I recognize for other people, their professional style was to share more of themselves, right? Yeah, I can yeah. recognize there's a spectrum there, but, um, but I had, that's something I shifted in myself to better connect with the students. So have, have you had a time where you've been really pulled out of your comfort zone with your, with your students? Yes, I definitely have it. That, that might be some of it. That might be some of it. Um, also, I know, I know a lot of my colleagues like share their cell numbers, right? 
um, or they'll they'll try to be available in those sort of ways. And that's a comfort zone. I haven't, you know, except for maybe when I was um, uh, overseeing like the practicum seminars and something might come up urgent at, that they would need to get a hold of me. Usually, usually I don't because uh, that's my comfort zone not to. Right? I'll, I'll right. you know, respond to emails. I'll call you as soon as I can. But um, but that's the way I haven't. I, I think maybe I'm old school and I have to probably. Uh, get more accessible, right? Or I haven't done all the social media that I think students oh, expect to be able to see. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and part of me gets that they need it, and that's gonna, you know, that does take me out of my comfort zone um, because I, because I like having more separation in the things I do yeah. than I think is expected in this day and age. <laughs> it's so interesting. I I for years kind of had this rule, personal rule, where I would not accept friend requests on Facebook or connect with students on LinkedIn um, during the semester. And I would tell them, I'm not going to do it during the semester. Mm -hmm. Well, this semester, I walk into class one day and all my students are like connecting with each other on LinkedIn. And they're like, aren't you going to connect with us? And I'm like, okay, you're not going to calm down until this is done. Right. And so we basically (laughs) spent about the first five minutes of class time all making all of our connections on LinkedIn. It was pretty funny, yeah. but um, it's like, okay, uh, I, I, I give up. <laughs> yeah, that's the expectation now for sure. And I yeah. have to figure that out. Yeah. So maybe I will be pulled out of my comfort zone in that way. <laughs> we shall see. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, when I think about, when I think about teaching and learning and I think about that journey of, of where we start and, and, and where we, where we get to, um, where we're able to actually mentor others uh, and help others. Uh, I know we were talking about that piece of it uh, at the beginning uh, be- before we started the podcast, that, that you're actually in a role now where you are thinking about not only hiring, but but kind of onboarding and, and all that. So what, what kinds of um, activities do you find are, are most helpful with your uh, new hires? And how, do you, how are you identifying someone who you think is gonna become an excellent teacher? Um, well, I'm glad to say we've developed a um, platform online to help recruit uh, uh, good social workers in the community that might want to teach with us. And so when I see someone um, who, who might bring a lot to our students, then I'll meet with them and talk to them and find out um, what they're interested in, what their style would be, um, how they think students learn. Um, kind of get a sense of what they would do in the classroom, right? Because we want it to be very active. We want it to be very engaging. We want to have folks who um, are, are actively building a sense of community and inclusion and valuing our diverse students. And um, that's very important. So I'll, I'll meet with them. Um, and uh, one of the things I like to emphasize is, uh, you know, we talk about uh, student-centered like teaching, right? Or student-centered learning. And, and I'm a proponent of that, but I'll also talk about uh, client-centered teaching <laughs> yeah. because part of what I want them to do is, is to be thinking about our students that they're helping prep them um, for their future clients, right? I want it to be um, very, very practical. So I want them to build good relationships with their students and be remembering that uh, the work they're doing, the role modeling, the training, the education is to help our students um, do the best they can in their future with working with their communities and um, giving the best care we can for their future clients who are, you know, um, in, in social work, often marginalized populations. So. Yeah. 
Yeah. So are, 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 when you're identifying these, you're having these conversations and mm -hmm. you're looking for folks who, who, I mean, I think the commitment to active learning and being energetic and all that, I mean, you can kind of pick up those, that pretty easy, mm -hmm. easily in, in conversations, but this ability to, um, engage in a way that, um, that, 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 um, will promote student learning in the ways that you're talking about, that could be a little bit harder to pick up on. Is there yeah. something that you're really looking for in the conversation or, hmm, or that's kind a of good, a sense? That's a good question. Um, I think sometimes it's, uh, how they talk about students. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. Fair are enough. they, are they talking with about students with, you know, with kind of deep respect and appreciation for the, uh, the the wisdom that they could also learn from students. Um, are they? Uh, That's great. Yeah. Are they are they talking about students in a way that appreciates students have lots of other things going on in their lives? Um, I tend to think, and I'll talk about this with them. You know, there's our students are going to learn so much content, but what they're going to remember is uh, how you behave, is how you role model uh, uh, having conversations, difficult conversations in the classroom, how you demonstrate you know, managing your own challenging feelings when things aren't going so well, um, how much like compassion you can show, you know, it's a balance of flexibility and accountability. Um, so I, I do emphasize that uh, so much of what they'll be teaching our students is really how they're teaching our students. Um, and yeah. so I emphasize that that's as, as important as a specific content. Otherwise, the students won't get the content or they won't know how to apply it. But now I really understand why you, you talk about the client-centered approach. I mean, because they're basically modeling what they should be doing in their career as mm -hmm. the way they yeah. teach. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that, 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 that's cool. That's cool. And I, and I can definitely see how that would make sense in, uh, in your field uh, in particular. Um, although I can see how it could work in a lot of, a lot of disciplines. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, I'm curious. Uh, so I got one last question for you today. Uh, I'm, I'm curious about um, what you would say to your younger self about your career and and what to expect and how to how to be the best Katie McCarthy instructor you could be. <laughs> uh, that is such a good question. Uh, what helped me learn to be a good instructor also was having conversations with my colleagues who'd done it much longer than I. Mm -hmm. And I think for a long time, I, I benefited from, you know, specific activities, um, ideas, ways of talking to students that they shared with me. But I think what took me longer was to recognize that um, I could also have some confidence in my own instincts, right? That it it wasn't a lack that I didn't do things exactly the same way as my colleagues, that I should be doing them differently because I'm a different person bringing yeah. different things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I don't know that my younger self could have gotten there more quickly, but um, you know, I, I think uh, learning from the wisdom of others and recognizing that you've got your own way to do things and the students will respond to that when you're, when you're bringing your full self, that um, that's something I, maybe I would have uh, told my younger self uh, earlier. It's interesting. So it's a, it's a seek to understand from others, but also kind of believe in yourself. And, and that, that confidence is so important when we're, when we're in the classroom and really, in life, right? <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Students pick up on it; they feel it, and uh, and then they have more confidence that um, that you know where you're going. 
and that yeah. you're going to build like a safe, strong environment for them to play and take risks in. Well, uh, Katie, I've really appreciated having this conversation with you today, and I hope the rest of your semester um, wraps up. You do get to exhale and <laughs> you do get to relax over for a few weeks before we start the next round. <laughs> oh, I will. Thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. Thank you.